Hey, what is up, Citywide? It's Mitch. Uh, I got Chad with me again. Uh, hey, Chad, last recording. I think your answer was scared. How you feeling now? Less scared. Less scared. <laughs> Less scared, more ready. I love it. Anything exciting happening today? No, it's it's hot, and I'm, I'm not wearing a tie. It's <laughs> uh, that will date this podcast as uh, the summer of 2022, the summer where we got to ditch ties if it was over 80 degrees. I actually don't think it's 80 degrees today. If it is, I don't really know, um, but I'm in the office anyway, so I didn't have to wear a tie. It's supposed, it's supposed to be 88, but right, not right now. The real answer is I'm in the office all day, Mitch, so it doesn't <laughs> matter if I wear a tie. All right, now that everybody's tired of hearing that. Um, so we're going to go through today getting new points of contact. Uh, this happens pretty frequently in our industry. If you're a veteran FSM, you've experienced it countless times. If you're newer, this might be something that's a, you know something that wouldn't have really crossed your mind until you experience it. So when we get a new point of contact, it's important that we stop, we pause, and we set expectations with that client on how the relationship goes, who we are, and, and what we're there for. So uh, let's jump into it. So Chad, where do you think you're most likely going to run into points of contact changing at your properties? Mostly group clients and chains like Davida, Alina. Uh, I've noticed it with Park Dentals or uh, Eye Clinics. That's usually where I see it, um, where they have, I don't know if it's burnout, but a lot of turnover at the main contact person. Yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. I mean, Davida is the obvious one. Like anybody who's been here for a while, like Davida, like you barely finish remembering the customer's last name, and all of a sudden you've got a new customer, and you're like, dang it, all over again. Um, and I don't, again, I don't know if it's burnout. I don't know what it is. Sometimes they move within the organization. Mm-hmm. Um, like you mentioned Alina, a lot of my contacts still work for Alina. They just moved to the corporate office or they moved to a different location or they're still even at the same location. They're just not in that job role anymore, right? Like, but it, it happens. So at the end of the day, you do all this work to build a relationship and then poof, they're gone. So um, when do you typically find the client has changed out? Like more often than not, um, they're no longer there. How do you find out? Hopefully in a perfect world, you get an email from the contact and saying, hey, I'm leaving uh, and this is going to be your new person, but that's usually not how it works out. Uh, Real life, you're on your visit and you walk into the contact's office and either it's empty or it's a new person that's looking at you like, who are you? And you look at them like, who are they? And it's an awkward moment, but then that's your your kind of uh, meet cute or whatever they call it and you you can get a start with them. Hopefully they're the new contact, otherwise uh, now you got to go find them. So. it's, it really depends on the situation and whether or not you've gotten the heads up or if it's uh, in real time learning. You know, as you were saying, the, uh, it's, it's the new person, they're sitting in your old customer's cube and you're like, hey, where'd Jill go? You know, and uh, Jill's not here anymore and you never know, was Jill canned or was, was Jill just, uh, she resigned or she's somewhere else in the building. The other interesting thing that'll happen during that meeting is once in a while you just educated the person sitting in that chair they're about to learn they're in charge of the cleaning <laughs> because you know like they don't have a facility manager at any Dyna realty you know or or whatever the small uh, location is that you're servicing so like you may have just educated them but I, I think you're dead on it the perfect world scenario just doesn't happen very often where somebody notifies you two weeks in advance hey I just gave my notice I don't know who they're bringing in but or they don't go out of their way to introduce you to their boss and be like, hey, until they find my replacement, meet with Jim or Jill or John or whomever, right? Like they don't give you that information. So you're truly just educating that person at the cube. So um, so let's say you walk in, uh, you didn't get the email, you meet this random person at the desk, they're a relatively friendly person. Um, once they realize, or maybe they knew they're in charge of the cleaning, like how does that conversation normally go? Like as soon as you realize, okay, you're my new point of contact, great to meet you. Um, Blah. Like, what do you tell them? 
pretty much it starts with the introduction of what we are, who we are, what we do, and what they can expect from us. And then I let them know that I'm going to be their point of contact. Uh, if they have any questions or anything, I can help them through it. Um, that really we're there to help them um, and be that point of contact for them and answer questions. Because a lot of times, like you just said, is they don't know what they're getting into. And if they need help, you can help them with that. Uh, help lead the light or lead the way of what we do and what they can expect from us. Yeah, I think this is a, a awesome moment in time because you have several potential outcomes, but two good outcomes specifically related to NJS are if you weren't selling NJS to the former contact, you get to present yourself as exactly what you want to be, right? I'm not the cleaning guy. I'm not the cleaning gal. I am your building maintenance support, right? Like I'm here to help with whatever you need, right? And so like you have that opportunity or if you were selling to the old contact, you have a chance to very clearly demonstrate, I have been doing all of these things for Jill and uh, we take care of your cleaning, right? Like you almost make it the other way. We do all these things for you and we just happen to clean your building. So you might get two to five minutes with them in that moment. They weren't expecting you coming. Honestly, like think about this, like how many, how many of our vendors that service us just walk into our office and say, hey, Chad, how are, how are things going with your Hilliard service? Not often. Not often. Yeah. Right. And, and they're not getting it from their other vendors either. If we're not selling their toilet paper and paper towels, business essentials isn't just walking in their door unannounced and saying, hey, Chad, I'm Mitch, you know, whatever, right? Like they, they expect a formal sit down meeting. We're probably going to, we're often going to weird them out when we walk in. So it's important that during that two to five minute intro, when you tell them who we are and what we do, it's important they understand that what we do is completely normal. The other thing is it's important that we control, and none of this subject was planned, it just came to mind while you were, were talking. We need to make sure they understand that we're coming when we come, every week or every other week, give or take an hour, and they can't be like, I'd like to see you on Thursdays at three. Like, not happening. <laughs> they need to understand. <laughs> yeah, nice giggle. That's <laughs> We gotta make sure they understand. We've got a route to keep. I got a lot of clients to manage, and the reality is they couldn't afford us if we didn't get to go to their building on our time on our schedule 95% of the time, right? 5% of the time we gotta tweak and make adjustments for a client, that's going to happen. But man, we've gotta control our fate on our route time. So, all right, we got way off track. Um, so overall, you wanna lay out who you are, why you're there, that you offer NJS or that you do NJS to keep that all in place or to open the door to do more things for them. So um, let's say, again, going back to the example where we didn't get a chance to meet and that contact says, oh, you're in charge of our cleaning. I've been looking forward to meeting you, or I was wondering who to talk to about cleaning. How, how does that conversation normally go? Like, what, what's your initial reaction? My initial reaction is bad news is coming. Uh, kind of the doomsday, uh, expect the worst, hope for the best type thing. Um, but it, it, it's also, usually you don't, they don't know what, what we do. And it, with a new, I think with a new contact, it also gives you an opportunity to train them in on what we do. Um, Cause they'll come, I mean, the number of times I've ha I've heard the well, when I have cleaners at my house, they do this and this, and then you have to kind of let them know that that's this isn't we're not cleaning your house, we're cleaning your facility. Right. Um, so setting the expectations so they know they understand what we're there for, what we do. Yeah, completely understand. So in in the notes, I was I'm kind of giggling to myself because you had you wrote down bad news in all capital letters. <laughs> I was expecting a more emphatic like bad news like much louder, but. 
whatever, I'll take what I got. You're dead on. The, the train them in. Are, that's three powerful words. Train them in on what we do. Now, here's what's interesting. You said the, the we're not a maid service cleaning your house. Same thing, we're not a maid service cleaning your hotel room. Most people don't have house cleaners, right? Like the general public does not hire a cleaning team to come into their house, but they've gone to a hotel. Mm-hmm. And so when they think of cleaners or, or uh, maid service, they might think of, I walked out of my hotel room, I came back, my bed was freaking made. My sink was cleaned. I have new uh, hand towels, right? They may have this vision in their mind that is so far from reality, right? Like of what it is that our scope actually calls for us to do. On the other side, you may have a stickler of a contact where all they expect for you is to do what's in your scope. How's that go? <laughs> I mean, it's the, I've, I've had plus and negative with uh, service agreements, sending them, because that lays it out. And a lot of times they have too high of expectations, especially if they don't know, if they weren't in on the original uh, contract and the service agreement, they don't know what we do and they were just handed the position and they're like, okay, well, I expect you to do this. And then you lay out what we actually do. Um, that gives a good line, line item by what we do. Um, it can be a bad thing uh, if we're not doing things and they point it out, but it gives them that structure or the outline of what our job is and what they can expect from us. Yeah, if there, I mean, if there's an elephant in the room in this discussion, like I'm just gonna call it out, I, you know, no matter how good we are, if the scope of work has 100 things in it, we all know, mm-hmm as long as we're doing like 90 of them consistently, and it's almost like a rotating 10 out of 100 are missed. Like this week, we might be a little bit behind on dusting in one area. Next week, we might need to edge vacuum better, like whatever it is, right? Do I want perfection? Absolutely. Do I expect that we hold our contractors to a high level? Absolutely, but I'm also a realist. One customer might come in and have been in charge of facilities before, and they understand the scope of work, as long as you're mostly doing it, I'm happy. Another one might come in and have no experience and say, well, this is the scope of work, do it. Mm -hmm. That's a tough balance to live out, and you have to be very, very careful about pursuing excellence, and then along the way, building that trust, and then almost buying yourself the flexibility through the trust and rapport that you built. So that's a massive subject that we could probably break out on a whole podcast, but uh, I think we'll move on from it. So, um, all right, so we just tapped into a couple of different scenarios where you've got a client that's you know, a happy new contact and whether they are in the know or not, and an unhappy new contact that kind of held you um, to the overall scope. So is there anything else you think we could do to help set expectations with them or find the balance between like coming across as an educator, but not defensive of kind of what we just talked through. Kind of ask them what they're expecting and see if you can meter it. Um, because if they're coming in expecting you to move everything off of desks or, or something like, you know, that we don't do, um, and then telling them really what we do, what the expectations are, we wipe open flat surfaces. If you tell your people to clear desks, We'll get a deeper clean on that. Um, and then they can, a lot of times I get the aha moment from like, oh, okay, uh, where they now know what we do instead of expecting, okay, you guys are going to edge clean every inch of my desk and move my pencil holder. Um, whereas once you explain it to them, then they're like, okay, I, I see what you're doing. And on the flip side, you've got the customer that if you dare to touch their pencil holder, world came to an end, yeah. right? <laughs> so at the end of the day, like we have to figure out how to navigate who this new person is, what their likes are, what their dislikes are, what their tolerance level is towards scope adherence. And what's funny is going back to the perfect world scenario that you're talking about earlier, in a perfect world, 
we would be measured solely based on the exact same scope of work that we provided versus the previous company and just who's doing it better. Are we better than the old company or are we worse than the old company? Because if we're measured against perfection, it's only a matter of time, right? So it's our job to try and slowly inch the client away from not being measured against perfection. So um, we just got to figure out what that tolerance is. Um, one more thing on this, because getting to know the contact is a dance. It is, it is something we have to navigate carefully. You got to remember, if this is a monthly visit, a monthly visit that you can only visit that client once. Normally you only visit it once a month because they're a smaller client. How often do you see the new client? As, as much as possible right away. Uh, the, like I said, the more visits is like a fire extinguisher. Um, it gets you into there. If they've got complaints or anything like that, it's gonna put them out and they're gonna feel heard and listened to more often. Um, when I was running small accounts, it was I was taking over monthly accounts and when I first started I had like 11 buildings and I went to them weekly and the people were like, wow. 11 a day. When, the first, when my first couple of weeks, I had 11 buildings. You had 11 buildings assigned to you? Like the first week, yeah. No so kidding. I'm like, okay, I'll go in here weekly and the contacts are like looking at me like, well, you're here again? Why? So, <laughs> But they kept looking at you that way after that because I remember yeah. like at one point we had you up to like 40 buildings, which is still one week's worth of visits. Yeah. And you were like, give me more, give me more buildings, Mitch. I, I So here's the deal. Moral of the story is, is this is just like a new start. If a new start is a monthly visit, it's a weekly visit or more often until you get to know the person because you cannot build a relationship mm. 30 days apart. You just simply can't. So you get a new contact, you, you're never gonna sell a single roll of toilet paper to the building. You're gonna sell that roll of toilet paper to a client. And it is hard to sell to a client that you don't see, get to know, um, and feel out. So I was originally gonna ask if you have any other hot tips or any other brain busters, uh, which I thought would entertain you and you kind of already led into what some of your notes were. Anything else you wanna add? No, it's the the more that they see you, the more they trust you, the more they're willing to work with you. Um, and, and it's that flexibility helps kind of give you some credit with them too, that they're gonna be like, okay, he's here more often, he's checking on it, um, he'll take care of it. Whereas if you're only in there once a month and there's problems that keep coming up and they're not getting taken care of, they're gonna think it's not getting helped. Yeah, all right, I love it. So uh, the old school citywide term was the 30 second commercial. What's your 30 second commercial? Um, that's the piece that we're talking about here. The 30 second commercial is spitting out to that new contact, who you are, why you're here, what we do, how we help, establishing some some like parameters to the relationship. From there, hopefully you get to expand into that two to five minute conversation. Um, but at the end of the day, it's important that you clearly state to them that you come every week, every other week, or once a month to kind of set that expectation that I'm coming, I'm not gonna be, ex I'm not gonna be escorted, and yes, I'm going to drop in on you. I'm not gonna set a calendar with you. They've gotta know that or else you're gonna be in trouble. So uh, at the end of the day, make sure they know you don't intend to take a ton of their time, uh, but you're there to chit chat, offer help, quote other things they might need, take a look at the cleaning and get on with your day. Uh, so I think that's it team. If you got any questions, hit up your manager. Let's get after it. Have a great day. Bye-bye.